All right, amen. Good to see everyone here today, and thank you for joining us, especially those on, joining us online, and uh, I don't know, whatever you are, wherever you're listening, however you're listening, amen. God bless you. We're so excited that uh, you're listening, you're joining in, but you're here today, and uh, something amazing happens when Christians get together, amen? amen? Amen. Just something great happens, and something good happens, amen, so we're excited about that today. We want you to be blessed. As you come into the house of the Lord today and just in the church, that God blesses you. You're refreshed. I don't know about you, but do you ever have one of those weeks where you're just like, wow, I just need a touch from the Lord. Amen. And we just really pray that, that God does that today in your heart and your life and, uh, and especially through his word. And uh, how many believe in the power of God's word? Amen. Something happens, amazing happens, when we begin to talk about God's word and share. And so our heart today and our prayer is that as we're just sharing something, uh, that, that nugget of truth will just come in and just change and touch and, and really encourage you in your faith today. You know, I, I'm a person that believes in harvest. I believe that God is uh, doing amazing things, but I also believe that there is a are going to be a, a great harvest in Williamsport. How many are believing God for a great harvest of souls in Williamsport? How many are believing God for a great harvest of souls around the world? Amen. And that's happening as we speak. And I believe that and I've heard that as a kid, the end time harvest and great harvest, global harvest. But you know, the harvest has everything to do with the laborers has everything to do with workers. And so I also believe this, that this is what the Lord is doing in our day, in our time. And if I was to prophetically speak and say something today, as far as that the line is in the prophetic, it would be this, is that God is sending a, or rising, raising up a revival, or having a revival of workers, a movement of volunteers, a movement of laborers is, is happening. Amen. And how many believe that in order for the harvest to come in, the labor's got to go out? Workers got to go out. Thank God that, you know, if you're a farmer and you can lay hands on your silos and, and you know, and some of your, your, your bins there and say your barns and you can say, oh, I'm believing God for a harvest. But how many know you also got to do the work? Amen. And so the harvest that God wants to do in our city has everything to do with the laborers who are going. Amen. So I'm believing the Lord for a mighty outpouring of His Spirit, a mighty revival of workers, a tremendous movement of volunteers and laborers. Amen. In the harvest field today. How many believe that? Amen. And that's my heart. Amen. Lord, send laborers. Raise up laborers in your field. Because the Bible says there's nothing wrong with the harvest. We shouldn't be praying about that because it's ready. It's there. Amen. The issue is with the workers. Amen. And so I don't know about you, but as a worker, I'm, I'm just kind of stirred up today. And as a, a laborer in the Lord, I'm stirred up today that the Lord wants us to be fully aware, fully engaged in the mission of Jesus Christ. I mean, you know, when Jesus came, we've been sharing about it the last couple of weeks. When Jesus came, it was all about the mission of God. Amen. It's all about the mission of salvation, bringing, amen, seeking and saving those that are lost and giving his life as a ransom for many. The cross and the grave and the resurrection was all about the mission of Jesus. How many, how many recognize that, right? But how many know this, that when Jesus ascended, how many know the mission continued? The mission of Jesus continues with me, you and I. The mission of Jesus, amen, continues with us. I want to share that today. The mission continues with us. 
Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this amazing time, this awesome time of coming together, this freedom that we have to worship, our worship our God and express our faith and our, our hearts to the living God. Lord, we thank you for that privilege. We thank you, Lord, for just one more day to give you praise, one more opportunity to say thank you. Lord, we thank you that every time we have breath in our lungs, we want to worship you and give you honor and glory. We pray that today you would be glorified, that, Lord, we would be encouraged, Lord, in your word, that our faith would be stirred and we'd be strengthened on the inside, Lord, that whatever we're facing, whatever we're going through, whatever we're going to face this week, Lord, we'd be ready and prepared. And we just thank you, Lord, for your word. We pray that you would bless it in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Amen. I'm going to talk about the mission continues, Matthew chapter 10. I want to use actually this whole chapter. I want to go through this whole chapter and show you how Jesus, amen, let us know that the mission is going to continue. Now, Matthew chapter 10 is the same as kind of Luke chapter 10, a little bit different. Um, Luke phrases a little bit different, but I chose Matthew chapter 10 because it is the whole chapter of how Jesus intends on the mission to grow and the mission to continue with us. Amen. And so I want to just talk a little bit about that because we talked about the death, burial, resurrection, but how many know that after the resurrection, Jesus said, now you're my witnesses in the earth. Amen. And so this is what we need to talk about today, that we're fully aware and fully engaged in the mission of Jesus Christ. So I want to bring out just five things today that really just speak to me, and, and, and I just saw this in this light. There's so many tremendous truths in Matthew chapter 10, so many things you could talk about, but just the perspective that I had when I read Matthew chapter 10 and talking about the continuance of the mission of Jesus Christ in our lives. Amen. The first thing I want to point out is what Jesus opened up with in uh, verse 1 of Matthew chapter 10. Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and heal every disease and sickness. And so we see that Jesus commissions them. And now Luke chapter 10 records that Jesus laid hands on 70 and sent them out to the cities that he planned on going to. And they were the marketing, they were the campaign uh, that Jesus, they were going to market, you know, Jesus is coming, we're going to, he's going to do this thing and, and we're going to go to these cities. And so um, we see that. And the Bible says there's five things here I want to bring out that really talks about the mission continuing with us. How many will hear that? Amen, right? How many excited about the mission continuing in our lives? How many believe that we're still on this mission that Jesus was on to seek and save the lost? Amen. To heal the sick. Come on. Right? Amen. To see the sick healed, the captives free. We're still on that mission. Amen. And I want to encourage you. You've got to be fully engaged in that mission. Amen. Well, I, I believe I'm, I'm called to do that. Listen, if you want a call from God, this is it right here. Get involved in the mission of Jesus. Amen. Be on that same, amen, that same line that Jesus was on at, at, at the age of 12. Man, he was in that vein of, man, I want to do my Father's will. I've got I've to fulfill this mission. Amen. So I want to encourage you today. Stay on the mission. So we want to talk about this. The first thing I see is that the Bible makes it clear that, number one, power. Jesus gave the disciples power. This is one of the first things we see that Jesus does. He empowers us. In verse 1 and verse 8, it says this, that Jesus gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and heal every disease and sickness. Then in verse 8, he said this, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who are, have leprosy, drive out demons, freely you have received, freely give. So he gives us authority over spiritual powers. Then we see that he gives us supernatural abilities and giftings 
right, for signs and wonders and miracles. He does these things. This is what the Bible makes it clear. Why, why is that so important? Because the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. And the same empowerment that Jesus uh, needed as a human being, amen, he gave to us. And so it's necessary to flow in the power of God, amen. How many believe we're flowing in the same power that Jesus flowed in, amen? Same spirit, and so that's important, isn't it? But it's also that we are to confirm the word that we're preaching. The thing that we're declaring among people about who we are as Christians and what we believe in, the Bible makes it clear that he's going to empower us to confirm those words, right? And then we also see that he gives us the power that reveals who Jesus is. God wants to reveal himself to everybody, right? Everyone. And so God does that a lot of times through healing and miracles and signs and wonders. Amen. How many know the more important miracle, the biggest miracle, is someone getting saved? Come on. Amen. But he uses the miracles and the power of God to draw people to himself. Amen. I'm so thankful for that. So we see that the Lord gives us power. I believe that the flowing of the Spirit happens with the going of the saints. Let me say it this way. That when the saints get going, the spirit starts flowing. Hello. How many believe that? Let me say it one more time. When the saints get going, the spirit starts flowing. Amen. And that's what Jesus showed us. Amen. That when we begin to go, as he said, we'll have the spirit behind us and with us working uh, through us. Come on. Do you believe in that? But I want to highlight something in this verse. And there's a few things I want to highlight through this thing. I want to highlight something in this verse. He said, freely you've received, freely Give. The way that giving and receiving works in the kingdom of God, if you got something free from God, you need to give it away for free. So in other words, yeah, we don't charge money for miracles. We shouldn't be charging money for the power of God. Come on. We see that in the book of Acts where one guy was trying to, how can I buy this, this power? From, and Paul's like, man, you're missing it because that's not how it happens. Freely you've received, freely give. That also tells us that this power is not of us. Aren't you glad for that? We can't heal anybody. We can't make anybody, get anybody saved on our own. Come on. It's the power of God flowing through us. That's such, such an amazing concept and idea that God has that I'm going to send this pure, awesome power and flow through imperfect, impure vessels. <laughs> Amen? And so how many know the power of God is not of us? Two people. That's awesome. That's great. If you've ever tried to pray for people and, and, and lay hands on it, man, you'll know it's not of you. It's of God. Amen. And so he's given us power. And that's the heart condition, our heart posture with the authority that God has given us. It's not our power. It's his. The second thing we see that Jesus makes it so clear in the mission that needs to continue with us is found in verses 7 and 27, and that is to preach. We are to preach. Hello. We're going to preach. Everyone in this room is called to preach. Everyone. Every Christian is called to preach the gospel. Every Christian. So many times we just minimize it to standing behind a pulpit and we just say, well, that's, that's the only thing you do. When you stand behind a pulpit in front of people as a pastor, that's preaching. How many of you know that's just one of the ways that you preach the gospel? Right? That's just one facet of ministry. That's just one uh, aspect of preaching. But we're all called to preach the gospel. This is how the mission is going to continue in the earth. This is how people are going to get saved in Williamsport. Well, I'm just waiting for, you know, this hurricane, the, the Spirit of God, and people just come into church, and one day they're just going to find themselves in church magically. No, that's not how it's going to happen. It's going to happen, amen, by the preaching of the gospel. Amen. 
In verse 7, Jesus said, as you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven is come near or at hand. That's the message. John the Baptist had that message. Jesus, that was one of his first messages. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. or The kingdom of God is at hand. Those two phrases are interchangeable in the New Testament. But what Jesus is implying in saying this is that the kingdom of heaven is now available today because of the person of the king. Amen. Jesus is the king And he's arrived, he's been born, he's died, he's resurrected. And because of that, the kingdom of God is now available to whosoever will come and believe. Amen. So we need to tell people that. He's saying this, that this is all we need to say. Saying it's not this big elaborate thing where you need to go into the Old Testament, dive in and kind of like dissect this and try to break it down. He said, you just have to have a simple message that the kingdom of God is available. Amen. Basically, change your hearts and your lives. Here comes the kingdom of heaven. I mean, that's what he's saying. And so we know that we're, we're living in this kingdom. So it's important that we preach about the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. The government, the system of God, the system of God's government, the way he rules, the way he speaks, what he says. Amen. Come on, right? His rules and his laws, his statues, everything about the Lord, everything about the kingdom, we're to be telling other people. In verse 27, he gives a very interesting um, way to preach. And he talks a little bit about preaching in a different way that maybe we don't see this. He says this, what I tell you in the dark, you need to speak in the day. When I whisper in your ear, you need to declare on the rooftops. How many know that's preaching? Amen. Because you tell people what they don't know, but you know it. Amen. The things that you know about the Lord, you're supposed to tell people that don't know about the Lord. Amen. What God shows you in his word, we're to repeat that to other people. We're to share that with other people. Right? Notice there's, there's this, this, this need here of the gospel that needs to be repeated. Amen? Come on. What I tell you in the dark, you've got to repeat it in the daylight. What I whisper in your ear, you need to repeat it on the rooftops. Amen? How many know it's also a sign that when you're preaching and you're talking to people about the Lord, there's a prophetic utterance there. Amen? God was going to tell you something, then you've got to like relay that message to other people. Amen? So that's what we see there, and I love that about the preaching of the gospel. So this message has to be repeated. How many believe that? Jesus said, whatever things I taught you, that's what you need to tell the rest of the world. All the things that I taught you, you've got to tell the world. That's what you need to teach other people. And then the need for the gospel to be heard. I mean, it's so incredible. That need for the gospel to be heard is every day, all the time, all over the place. There's everyone needs to hear about the gospel. Amen? And so that's what he's saying. Let me just highlight some things about preaching. Just just a few things that I want to bring out about. First of all, it's very simple, but the mandate. It's that mandate from the Lord that we need to go. It's that commission in the mission that God gives, that Jesus gives us. Come on. Amen. So there's the mandate. You've got to go. There's a need. People need to be saved. They need to hear about Jesus. We've got, come on. And so there's that mandate from the Lord. How many know? The Lord anoints us to go, not to stay. The Lord never anoints anybody to sit, sit, sit down. He anoints us to go. Amen. That's where the anointing flows. That's where the, the, the Holy Ghost has been given to, that we could be witnesses in the earth. And then the second thing I see that we need to highlight about this is that there's the, man, or the message. There's the message of the gospel. Amen. And we believe that so much. And then we see in Isaiah 61 the impact of the gospel. It frees the captives. It opens blind eyes. It reveals Jesus. Amen. How many believe in the impact of the message? And the third thing you highlight 
about this is the masses. It's about people. It's about those that are lost. It's those that we know, those that we don't know. It's the people of the earth, the seven billion people in the world. And that's the purpose of the gospel. That's the heartbeat or the focus of the gospel is the masses. Amen. People. God so loved the world. That's the focus. That's the emphasis that we need to preach about. Come on, we go preach too. And you know something It's very interesting that when we go, we actually walk in obedience to the Lord. Did you know you actually fulfill the call of God or the, or the will of God? Someone said, well, I don't know what the will of God is for my life. If you just go and preach, you're fulfilling the will of God. If you just open up your mouth and talk about Jesus and preach to somebody, come on, and move in the power of the Spirit, the Bible makes it clear, this is obeying the Lord. Someone said, well, I don't know how to obey the Lord. I won't, what do he wants me to do? Does he want me to start a business? Does he want me to do that? What? The, the first thing we can say is we need to get involved in the mission. That's his will. Come on, that's what God wants us to do. That is walking in obedience. Amen. The third thing I see about uh, what Jesus is preaching here and he does just about the mission and how the mission continues is number three, provision. I believe there's supernatural provision in the mission of Jesus Christ. Come on, this is what he says in verse 9 through 15. He says, just in verse 9 and 10, sorry, it says, Do not get uh, any gold or silver or copper to take with you in your belts. Don't take a backpack for your journey, an extra change of clothes, sandals, or staff. Don't, don't do any of those things. In other words, you don't need any luggage for this trip. All right? You're not going to, don't take any money with you. Why? Because I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to bring people by your path. I'm going to put you in the right connections. I'm going to lead you to people in the city, and they're going to take care of you. I'm going to provide for you. How many believe there's provision in the mission of Jesus Christ? Amen. And so the point of provision that we see over and over again is always trust and rely on Jesus. I don't care if you make a dollar a year or a billion dollars a year. We are always to rely and trust in Jesus for our provision. Right? Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God, and then all the things that we need in this life shall be added unto you. Amen. And God is going to provide for you in the mission. Amen. When there's a, an orphanage to build, when there's uh, clothes to gather for people that need it, when there's f- uh, meals to cook for people, God's going to provide. Amen. When there's an outreach center that you need for your church, God's going to provide. Amen. There is supernatural provision in the mission of Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus makes that clear. He makes it clear that there's going to be power. You need to be preaching, but there's going to be provision. Amen. I believe there's provision in the mission of Jesus. There may not be provision for a new Cadillac or whatever. Or you're, and, and James makes it clear every time we ask for selfish things, God's really not going to provide a whole lot there. Amen. But when we start talking about the mission and the needs of other people and the gospel going around the world, I believe the Spirit of God, amen, will provide. Amen. God will provide for us. Amen. Whatever we need. I love that. And provision also implies this. It doesn't just imply, you know, I'm getting something, I'm receiving something, but it implies that I'm giving something in return. It implies generosity. Amen. How many know the, the, the provision of God usually always comes with a little tagline, pass it on. Amen. Freely receive, freely give. It's better to, to give than to receive. There's nothing wrong with receiving. Giving's better, right? Amen. And so as you give out of your heart, if you give out of yourself, you go out of your way to help a family in need, you go out of your way to help someone, amen, I believe God's going to look out for your needs. 
I believe there's provision in the mission of Jesus Christ. Amen. I've seen it over and over again. So much provision in the mission of Jesus. One of the things I wanted to highlight here in this verse, at the very end of that verse, he says, For the worker is worth his keep, or the workman is worthy of his hire. And that's a highlight I just want to bring out. Is It's so clear, and the Bible teaches us, and why would Jesus say that at that very end? Why would he say that a workman is worthy of his hire? Because hard work, those who work hard, or hard work, uh, really kind of are those that really deserve to eat. Paul said, if you don't work, you shouldn't be eating. Amen? I mean, you know, there's a difference between someone goes outside and works hard outside in the blazing sun in the yard and someone who just sits in front of video games. Amen? This one has a true hunger. This one just has a craving. But it's, it's, it's like, you know what? Now you can sit down and eat because you've worked hard. And so Jesus said, if you're going to work hard in the harvest, you deserve to eat. God's going to provide for you. Amen? God's going to take care of your kids. God's going to make sure you've got food. God's going to make sure that you have all your needs met because we're in the provision of the Lord, right? Because we're moving in the mission. The fourth thing I see, I want to spend just a little bit of time with this because Jesus spends the most time on this one right here. And it's so wonderful, persecution. <laughs> verses 16 through 25. I mean, the most verses in this whole chapter is about persecution. Notice what he say in verse 16. He says, I'm sending you out. Like sheep among wolves. Gee, thanks, Jesus. Really appreciate that. Therefore, be shrewd as snakes and innocent as doves. And there's quite a bit of picture there, especially with animals. And you got to get all that. Don't have time to get into that. But here's what Jesus begins to teach us in these in this verses, in this chapter. He says, this is what's going to happen. Number one, you're going to be persecuted by government. I said, you're going to be persecuted by the government, verses 17 through 18. You're going to be arrested. You're going to be beaten, mistreated. You're going to stand trial. You're going to face legal charges. I mean, it could be the school board, city council, state legislation. It could be political party. Someone's going to accuse you. Someone in government. There's going to be times where you're going to be persecuted in, in, in and through the government. And everybody's like, yeah, every day. No, I'm just kidding. All right. You're not that great. Anyways. So you're persecuted by the government, that's what he says. So there's going to be physical, emotional, and character abuse, right? There's going to be opposition, accusation, separation. I mean, Jesus promised this. Again, we should get excited about this. <laughs> but he says it's going to happen. And then the second thing you see is that people, he said, this is what's going to happen. You're going to be persecuted by society. Even the people in your own town, your neighborhood, your city, the people that in, your, in your circle of friends, you're going to be persecuted. Why? They're not going to like what you have to say. They're not going to agree with what you believe. They're, they're actually going to get irritated. Jesus uses the word, they're going to hate you. In another promise he gives us somewhere else, he said, look, if they've hated me, they're certainly going to hate you because you're not better than me. That's what he's saying, right? But here's the good news. He said, look it. He said, listen. Really, when they, when they say they hate you, they really don't hate you. They hate the message that you represent. They hate the, what's coming out of you. They don't like the lifestyle you're living. They don't like who you represent. How I many know people are irritated at who we represent? You don't even have to talk to them. They're just irritated. Oh, you're a Christian? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Come on, somebody. But you're going to face it. And then he said, you're going to face it not just by society. You're gonna be, people are going to hate you. Uh, people in your community, in your city, in your neighborhoods. He said, listen, because how they treated Jesus is how they're going to treat you. That's what Jesus is saying. The servant isn't better than his master. It, the way they treated me, I'm just showing you a picture of how it's going to happen with you. Right? And then the third thing is, he said this, not just persecuted by the government, 
persecuted by society in verse 21, 22. But he says this. He says you're going to be persecuted by family. Verses 34 through 36. Your family could turn against you, could disown you, reject you, betray you, even to the place of betraying you. How many know this was going on in Germany, World War II? Children were turning their parents over to the police. Think about it. And they were rewarded, by the way. And, and, and so we see that, and you're persecuted by your family. Let me just share some highlights about this and persecution that Jesus shares with us. All right, number one, he said, I want you to be aware, and I want you to be smart. Be aware and be smart. So he said, be shrewd as snakes and innocent as doves. We need to be cunning about what we say to people. How many know sometimes you just need to keep your mouth shut like Jesus? You don't always need to post something. You don't always need to rebuttal. You don't always have to react. Well, i got to say something because we're in America. No, sometimes you need to be like Jesus and just let him accuse you. Let him speak evil of you. Jesus said he was like a sheep that was led to the slaughter. He opened not his mouth. He could have said everything and anything. He could have disproved every lie. But he said, I'm just going to let them do what they're going to do because it's part of the persecution for the gospel. But how many know there's other times where the Lord wants you to lift your voice? God wants you to raise your voice and lift your voice. And like a trumpet, the Bible says, to declare righteousness in the earth. Amen. So we need to be aware and be smart. Verse 16, that's what it says. Be shrewd as snakes, innocent as doves. So we need to be smart and cunning in your answers. But we also need to be, uh, not be guilty of sin and hypocrisy. That's what it means to be innocent as doves. If someone's coming and accusing you of something, don't let their accusation be true. Amen. And how do you know, if you're going like, to preach the gospel, you've got to live the standard of the gospel. That's what Paul said. Amen. Be prepared, be aware, but also don't be guilty of sin and hypocrisy. And there's times to be on the defensive, and there's times to be on the offensive. Amen. That's what the Bible is saying here. Amen. And so I believe the second thing is, is the highlight in here, in this, in verses 19 and 20, we need to depend on the Holy Spirit. Come on. We need to depend on the Holy Spirit. He said, when you're brought before their councils, don't think about what you're going to say. I'm going to give you what to say in the moment. In that moment, when you need me, when you need the Holy Spirit to speak, I'm going to speak through your lips. Right? How many are depending on the Holy Spirit? There's times where he's like, I just talked to somebody the other day, and they're just, they started getting into this thing, going down this road, and I'm like, Lord, you got to give me words to say. I have no idea what to say here. I don't know what I'm going to say. Right? So we do that. And so what happens, we depend on the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus taught us to do. And he said, in that moment, at that time, at the time you need the Lord to speak through you, the Holy Spirit's going to give you the words to say. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? So we got to depend on the Holy Spirit. Number three, keep your faith strong. Verse 22, keep your faith strong. Don't be afraid. Don't back down. Keep your faith strong. Let, let the, the word of God fill you with the spiritual and mental strength that you need when you're being persecuted. How many know people can't kill your faith? You say, well, my faith, I'm discouraged. No, that's up to us. Amen. Our faith depends on us. Our, the strength of our faith doesn't depend on my circumstances or other people or accusations. It depends on me. Come on, somebody. Amen. So keep your faith strong. And then the fourth thing when I highlight in this, uh, this chapter here about persecution is this. Jesus teaches us this in verse 23. He says, stay persistent. Stay persistent. If they don't want to hear you and they put you out of their city, 
move to another town. Move on. How many know we need to keep moving forward? We need to keep going. Amen. Don't stop preaching the gospel. Just because someone doesn't want to hear it, they've slandered you, they've made your name like mud, Jesus said, keep going. Keep persistent. Go to the next person. Go to the next need. Go to the next town. Come on, somebody. Amen. That's what Jesus said. So we sow the seed. We depend on God to do the work. And if people don't want to listen to us, we just move on. Don't fight with them. Don't argue with them. Don't put them in the chokehold. Just move on. I know some of you on on Facebook, you can't let that argument die. You just got to let it die and move on to something else. Amen? No, I just need to tell them for the 50th time. No, no, no. Let's just move on. Amen? I mean, there's a lot more arguments on Facebook to get involved with. Amen? You've got to move on. Amen? But that's what Jesus told us. He said, look, if they don't receive you, you just shake the dust off your feet and you move on. How many know there's more souls that need the, the gospel? There's more people in need. Amen. If your family, you've preached to them, you've exhausted those resources, you've done all that, then you just need to move. There's other people in need. Right? If someone doesn't want to listen to you and you're just fighting and arguing and, and everything, hey, listen, you just need to move on. Amen. And that's what Jesus said. But stay, stay persistent. This is what he's saying. Stay persistent in your witness. Stay persistent in looking and searching for those who need the Lord. Stay persistent in not being discouraged in your faith. Stay on track. Stay persistent in preaching the gospel. The fifth thing I want to leave with you today that as the mission continues, as we see in Matthew chapter 10, and that is this, protection. There will be persecution, but I also believe there is supernatural protection. Amen. Verses 28 through 31. Jesus said, do not be afraid of those who can kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both the soul and body in hell. How many know we need to be confident and secure in the protection of the Lord? Amen. I believe that. So the Bible says that when the enemy comes in, comma, like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. I mean, whatever the enemy tries to do, God overtakes it. Amen. Whatever, if he tries to come in one way, the Bible says he's got to flee seven ways. No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. The Bible says the angels of the Lord and camp round about that trust him and fear the Lord. Amen. Come on, somebody. How many know there's a hedge of protection round about those that, that, that fear the Lord? And so there is that protection of the Lord. There is that, that, that uh, protection of the Lord, whether it's by angels or his hand. Amen. The Lord protects us when we're in the mission. Amen. Whatever the enemy means for evil, God can turn it around for good. How many times do we see the Apostle Paul? He was beaten. He was thrown in prison. But the angel of the Lord would come down, set him free. He would walk out of the prison. Amen. Right? So there is protection in the Lord and there's protection in the mission of Jesus. Look at the example of Jesus. The Bible says that they were going to stone him. They picked up the stones. They're like, we're going to stone this guy. And they couldn't. The Bible says they went to throw him off a cliff. And he walked right through the crowd and left the city. That they tried to arrest him. Couldn't do it. Tried to find fault with him. Couldn't do it. They tried to trip him up in his conversation. They couldn't do it. Why? Because it wasn't his time. Because he was under the protection of the Father. He had to complete the mission. Amen. How many know there's protection in the mission of Jesus Christ? When we began to walk in the mission of Jesus, God protects us. Amen. There's nothing that happens in our lives that God doesn't allow. Do you believe that? I believe that number, number two is that your time and your life is in the hands of the Lord. My life and times are in your hand. Amen. 
Lord, that's... And, and you know what? We don't need to fear man or circumstances or even the devil himself because the Lord is on our side. He's going to protect us in the mission of Jesus Christ. And we got to depend on the Lord's strength. I like this example that Jesus gives here about protection. He talks about little sparrows. Aren't you glad that he thinks about us like little birds? Isn't that great? But he says you're, like, you're better than a sparrow. He said if the Lord can take care of a little bird out of billions of birds... And he can take care of that one little bird. He keeps him safe. He makes sure he has food. He doesn't let him fall to the ground. How much more will your heavenly father protect you? Amen? That's what he says. Never forget a, a couple stories I was just thinking about. Um, I was uh, ministering to this young man. He came in for prayer. And, and this was a young man that had been in the church, raised in church, and fell away from the Lord. And uh, really got into heavily into drinking. And uh, he would drink uh, himself to blackouts. And, and then he would do things, not remember. But he said he was, he was uh, at a party. And it was in town here. And so he's drinking. And just heavily. And so he said, something spoke to me said, you've got to go hurt Matt Holcomb. Go get him. I was like, well, at least the devil knows my name. You know, whatever. So he, this is a true story. He said, I got out of that apartment. I walked down the street towards the church. And he said, you were coming out the back door. Now, we had Tuesday night prayer that night. That, and I was the last one to leave. And I was woman at the back. He said, and I, and I walked across. I didn't get to the parking lot. He said, I saw you coming out the back door. He said, but I could not get any closer. I could not get into the parking lot. I, w- I just froze. And he said, you drove right by me. How many know the protection of the Lord? Amen. I believe this guy wasn't going to play checkers. He was going to hurt, right? That's what he's going to hurt. And so there's so many times that we're just walking. When we went to Mexico and we did the mission trip, and during that time there was a, uh, the Civil War, you know, there, the wars and the gang wars or whatever, where we're just really kind of just, uh, they had really, for, for a year, had been uh, really tremendous, and they had died down a little bit, but there was still a lot of gang activity. And we went through a border uh, patrol two hours, just two hours after a gang was there. The gang was there, and they were, they were stopping people. They were searching cars and vehicles. And our, our, our tourists said, hey, if, if they would have found you, they definitely would have took you and held you hostage. Just two hours. And so, I mean, how the Lord protects you when you're on mission? Amen. When you're on the mission and, and for Jesus, the Lord protects you. Here's a highlight about this. I'm going to wind down, but here's a highlight in this verse. I like this, what Jesus said. Don't be afraid of those who can kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Can't do it cannot do it. They cannot kill the spirit of God inside. They cannot kill my soul. Amen. I am an eternal being. Amen. I'm going to live forever. So guess what? Instant death, instant glory. I win either way. Amen. That's what Jesus said. He said, don't be afraid of those who can kill. They can't kill the soul. So keep going. Keep preaching. Keep moving in the power. I'm going to provide for you. It doesn't matter if there's persecution. I'm going to protect you. Amen. Stay in the mission. Let the mission continue with you. Amen. I'm going to thank God for the mission of Jesus Christ that he called us to. Amen. So thankful for that today. In just a few seconds, I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm going to finish with a couple things about Matthew chapter 10. Don't want a lot of moving around, but I'm just going to ask you. So how many are going to believe, amen, Lord, this morning, I want to move in the mission. I want the mission to continue with me. Amen. Let's stand on our feet today. In doing so, I just want to give you a couple things that I saw that are keys in the mission in Matthew chapter 10. Amen. And I've got verses for this as well. Again, this is the whole chapter. I believe that it's so important. The key really is Jesus talked about 
in verses 11 through 15, he says, he talks about open hearts. I believe this is a key to really walking in the mission of Jesus. We've got to look and listen for people who, want to, who are open to the Lord. Come on, we, we're looking for open hearts. Amen. Thank God, you, you know, yes, we want to go to those that are hard-hearted and those who are rebellious and those who are, are really set themselves against the Lord and really living in wickedness. But, you know, ultimately Jesus said, look and listen for people who are open to the Lord, to the Lord, to the things of the Lord. So that's important, isn't it? The second key would be is boldness. In verses 26, 32, and 33, Jesus talks to us, talks to us and says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. This is going to happen, but don't be afraid. And so we've got to face our fears. We've got to overcome insecurities and intimidations, as Jesus talked about. Because it's more important that I am unashamed of the gospel than it is if I'm being liked by other people. It's more important that, 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 I, that I'm not ashamed of the Lord. Because Jesus said, in the end, when it's all said and done, if you're ashamed of me, I'm going to be ashamed of you. Right? And so this is what Jesus said, that there's this boldness. And boldness works by faith and love. Our faith in the power of God. Our faith in the Bible. Our faith in what God's doing through people. And then our love for other people. That's how boldness works. Boldness just isn't, you know, you get all hyped up and listen to this sermon, get all hyped up and then go outside and start yelling at people. No, that's not boldness. Boldness is when God moves in our heart and by faith and love. When you're so motivated by love, you don't care what people think. When you're so motivated by faith, it doesn't matter what you look like. Right? So we're motivated by faith and love. And I think the third thing that is a key here in Matthew chapter 10 is in verse 37 and 39, selflessness. Selflessness. Jesus said, carry your cross. Take up your cross. It's loving God more than anything and anyone else. It's loving the work and the mission of the Lord. Like Jesus at 12. It's being so uh, passionate about the work of the Lord at a young age. That, that's what it's about. It's following Jesus in, with a, you know, in a joyful journey carrying a cross. That's what he said it is, isn't it? Amen? But it's selflessness. That's the key to moving in the gifts of the Spirit, isn't it? Come on, is that the key or what? 1 Corinthians 13, he said, listen, you, you know, you can have all the gifts, you can have all the power gifts, you can have all, the, all those things, but if you don't have love, you don't have anything. So compassion is very important. And so selflessness is key in moving in the mission of Jesus Christ. Why? Because it's about other people hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. And so, you know something, even Jesus himself said, I'm not here to do my own thing. Did you know that? He said, I'm here to carry out the will of the Father. Whatever he says, that's what I'm going to say. Whatever I see him do, that's what I'm going to do. I mean, no, Jesus wasn't, even Jesus wasn't about doing his own thing. I love that about the Lord. And then the fourth thing I think that's so important about continuing the mission of Jesus is right relationships. In verses 40 through 42, he talks about when you go into a city, connect with the right people. Stay in that house. Bless that house. Put peace, put your peace on that house. Amen. Connect with people and get in this community of believers that are going to strengthen your faith and encourage you in the mission of Jesus Christ. I mean, get around people that are going to really, that love God, that really want to do God's will. I mean, you've got to make those people your circle of friends. That's got to be your community. Amen. Why? Because Jesus himself even showed us about uh, teamwork and companionship. You can't do it by yourself. 
Jesus, at the very beginning, he set out the disciples. He said, you guys can't do this just by yourself. You've got to work as a team. You've got to move in that community, in the body of believers. Amen. How many of the relationships are important? Amen. Amen. And in Luke chapter 10, closing, Luke chapter 10, verse 2, Jesus said this. He said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Amen. This morning, we want to say, Lord, we want to be that laborer and that worker that you're calling us to the mission. Because after the ascension of Jesus Christ, the mission continues. And I don't know about you, but I want to see the mission continue in my life, in, my, in this church, and in this city. I believe that there is a tremendous revival, amen, that is kind of over the city. And there's a great harvest of souls that are coming in in this whole valley. How many believe that with your heart? Amen. But I also believe in the revival or the movement of workers and laborers in this hour. To say, Lord, here am I. Send me. Send me in your mission, Lord. I'll do it. Father, we just thank you, Lord, that the mission is continuing with me today. Lord, the mission continues at me. It didn't stop at Calvary. It didn't stop at the empty tomb. It didn't stop at the ascension of Jesus, but it continues with me. It didn't even stop with the apostles and what happened in the book of Acts. It continues on today. It continues with me in my family, in my uh, neighborhood, in my city, in my state. Lord, it continues with me. And so today I pray, Lord, as Matthew chapter 10 is just full of all these instructions and all these promises about the preaching of the gospel, Lord, I want to stay fully engaged, fully aware of the mission of Jesus Christ in my life. I give you all the praise and glory. I thank you for what you're doing in my life, around me, in my city, Lord. Thank you that there's people that are ready to hear about Jesus today. I want to be right there in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand today and praise God, hallelujah, for his mission. Amen.